0: artificial general intelligence. What is it? Why is it important? Who's interested in it? And why? My name is Matt Hatton. This is the Wireless Noodle, your weekly guide to the impact of disruptive new technologies on business. Today, I want to talk about artificial intelligence and specifically one aspect of it, which is artificial general intelligence. AI is a topic that bubbles away in the background of what a lot of technology companies are doing and occasionally bursts into the headlines. Sometimes it's in quite a dramatic way. For instance, when Elon Musk expressed deep concerns about its dangers, having invested a billion dollars in DeepMind, one of the leaders in the field. Or there's the more subtle stuff, where the growing importance of AI has a knock-on effect on other commercial things. Recently NVIDIA opened up discussions to buy ARM from SoftBank. NVIDIA makes chips, ARM designs chips, seems like a reasonable matchup, right? Except not really because it causes a lot of friction between Arm and all the other chip manufacturers for which it does similar work. It may actually act to accelerate the development of open source alternatives to what Arm does. On that basis, it's perhaps surprising that the value of Arm to a company that's potentially closing off a lot of its sales opportunities is rated so high. NVIDIA clearly sees the additional market upside from the combination of its hardware capabilities with Arm's R&D and design as much more than compensating for the drop-off in ARM business. The reason? Artificial intelligence. NVIDIA sees a massive opportunity in chips associated with running AI. Partly that's quantitative. There'll be a lot more demand. To be optimised, you need to put the AI as close to the thing it's controlling as possible, which means more processing close to the edge device, which itself also means more processors. For instance, autonomous vehicles will need onboard processing they can't rely on using processing in a centralized data center. The round trip time or latency, as I discussed in episode six, when I was talking about 5G and the move to edge, is just too long to cope with real time decision making. Too late, you've already driven into the lamppost. So you need a lot more processors distributed as close to the edge application as possible. More devices, bigger market. Also, it's qualitatively different. Processes for AI, so-called AI accelerators, are optimised for it, offering everyone involved a much greater opportunity for differentiation than there has been for years. And typically, this means more profitable products. Based on all of this, lots more chips with better margin, NVIDIA can seemingly see sufficient profit in there, courtesy of AI, to justify a $40 billion investment, and probably with good reason. In our review at Transformer Insights of where companies were investing money, we see over a trillion dollars of investment globally in AI over the next decade. It's a magnet for enormous amounts of spend by technology giants. But I don't want to try to cover the whole topic of AI. What I want to look at specifically is the bit that has Elon Musk spooked. Artificial general intelligence. Trying to recreate an equivalent of human intelligence. Firstly, what is it? For AI broadly, there's a million definitions. I rather like Elaine Rich of the University of Texas' definition, which she applied to AI more broadly, but I think is a good way of thinking about AGI. She said, it's the study of how to make computers do things at which, at the moment, people are better. AGI is a subset of that. Broadly speaking, most people would define artificial general intelligence as being strong AI that's able to form a range of tasks in a range of environments based on independent decision-making that replicates human behaviour. There are other elements that have been proposed too, such as self-awareness. Although I'm not 100% sure, we can assume that applies to actual humans in all cases either. And and understanding that others have their own beliefs, desires, etc. Again, insert your own joke here. It contrasts with weak or narrow AI, which simulates human behaviour in carrying out a very narrow task, albeit often brilliantly. Lest we forget, in 1997, IBM's Deep Blue beat Gary Kasparov, marking the last point at which a human was the best chess player in the world. But Deep Blue could only play chess. AGI isn't about being brilliant at a single task. It's about being more broadly able to replicate what humans do. Okay, then let's think about the process of how to develop these capabilities. The most basic form of AI beyond just simple if this then that type expert systems is machine learning, which is about the application of statistical techniques and the use of experience to learn. It breaks down into several types. Supervised machine learning is trained using large amounts of labelled data, for instance, to identify pictures of cats, if you like. Unsupervised machine learning is more sophisticated, being given a set of data and asked to create a framework to understand it, for instance, with customer segmentation. Tell the AI what the characteristics are of the users and it will identify trends and patterns. The next step on from machine learning, and really a subset of it, is deep learning, which involves self-teaching algorithms aimed at recognizing, analyzing, and interpreting data. This is the area where there have been some big breakthroughs in the past few years leading to the current round of innovation. Essentially, deep learning is about using enormous amounts of data and techniques that imitate human thought. The hope is, of course, that these breakthroughs from machine learning to deep learning end up helping us on the road to artificial general intelligence. But as yet, the most obvious distinction between different types of AI is this, between AI that exists, machine learning, natural language processing, chatbots and so forth, and AI that doesn't exist. That being something that actually looks like intelligence. There's also a lot of assumptions going on. Firstly, that artificial general intelligence is even achievable we just don't know. Ray Kurzweil, who I mentioned in a previous episode, thinks it'll happen sometime between 2015 and 2045. And in 2012, a couple of researchers from the Machine Intelligence Research Institute looked at 95 predictions with typical predictions of 15 to 25 years. But others, particularly more recently, have pulled it well towards the end of the 21st century, if at all. The second presumption is that it's even identifiable. It's not too clear that we'd know it even if we saw it. There are tests for artificial intelligence, one being the Turing test that an AI should be indistinguishable from a human to a neutral observer. That seems as good a mechanism as any, but is that perhaps missing the point that artificial intelligence may be completely different and therefore easily distinguishable from human intelligence. To further complicate things, I'd suggest that all of the AI that's been developed thus far isn't even intelligence as it should be understood. AI thus far is actually artificial wisdom. Intelligence is different. I think a good definition of intelligence is the ability to work out how to perform a task with no experience of it. Making a pool shot based on calculating angles rather than having played a million shots, for instance. I remember a news article a few years back about how David Beckham was a genius, in inverted commas, for calculating angles for his free kicks, but he didn't. He performed the same task a million times and saw the results. Translate that into AI. When it comes, artificial general intelligence can't be based on the same massive training sets as machine or deep learning. What Beckham or a pool player does is reinforcement learning, not artificial general intelligence. AGI should be able to work out how to do a task without trying it before. But it's likely that no matter how intelligent the AGI, it won't clear up or hit that sweet free kick into the top corner, the top bins as it were. At least not first time out. Einstein may have been able to work out the angles for a sweet break, but he wouldn't have executed it as well as Ronnie O'Sullivan. All this makes me think that AGI and machine learning are actually two separate disciplines. Intelligence versus wisdom, if you like. What we've created thus far is artificial wisdom. Artificial intelligence may be completely different. In my work at Transformer Insights, mostly what I care about is how enterprises might use technologies like AI to get a leg up. In that context, wisdom is just fine. Show me a piece of machine learning that has practiced what I want it to do a million times and refined it to the nth degree and can do it for me. I'm happy. I don't need it to be able to independently work out how to submit an invoice or summarize a legal document or crunch my numbers. It's perfectly fine it to have had a million opportunities to hone its capabilities to perform that specific task that I'm asking it to do. All this leads me to ask the question, is true AI, artificial general intelligence, really of much practical use? As with most tech, there's probably diminishing returns. The first uses of AI for automating processes in businesses can knock out a whole load of costs and make things run much more efficiently. But over time, AI is used for more and more marginal use cases. Exciting and cutting-edge though the technology might be, I think in practical terms, we need to characterize AGI as almost impossible to define, probably hard to achieve, and perhaps likely of marginal use. Nevertheless, there are dozens of organizations spending vast amounts of money researching it. Who are they, and why? Who wants it? Who wants artificial general intelligence? Well, there are enough companies out there sinking billions into investments that someone really wants to reach AGI. There are around 50 organisations, according to some reckonings, although how many there might be in China, for instance, is very hard to fathom. The biggest that we know of are the likes of DeepMind, which was acquired by Google in 2014, The Human Brain Project, which is funded by the EU. And OpenAI, which was initially set up by Elon Musk and others and is now funded to the tune of a billion dollars by Microsoft. Have you noticed how when it comes to these intriguing new technologies, it's the same companies coming up again and again? Amazon, Microsoft, Google. Why? Why are they interested in this technology? Fear. Fear that someone else will get there first and it will prove to be a critical competitive differentiator. AGI promises, as said famously in the Terminator, to learn at a geometric rate. This ultimately puts every conceivable and most inconceivable technology developments in play. And it also gives tremendous first mover advantage. You don't want to be six months late to the party. First mover advantage is Potentially, everything. In his marvellous book, The Three-Body Problem, Liu Xixin talks about the process gone through by the People's Republic of China to identify existential threats, and specifically existential threats that no one had thought about. Unknown unknowns, if you like. The key hypothesis of the book is that the single biggest threat is that the US makes contact with an alien civilization and thus benefits from superior technology. It's the ultimate in horizon scanning that I talked about in episode four. Now, I'm not suggesting that we should be reaching for our telescopes, but for major corporations that seemingly have unchallengeable positions in the respective parts of the ICT ecosystem, AI represents potentially an existential threat. If it really can learn at a geometric rate, perhaps it will take a few days to develop a software suite that's better than Windows. Again, insert your own joke here. Or a better search engine than Google. Or maybe it develops something that completely changes the technology paradigm. Something that can be inserted directly into the brain, for instance. We just don't know. And that's the point. These AGI investments are a form of insurance policy against the worst-case scenario that it is a massive disruptor, or indeed, a massive opportunity. And so it may prove, or it may be nothing at all. The one thing we can be sure of is that the quantities of money involved, albeit in the billions of dollars, and no indication that AGI is achievable. There's been a lot of talk recently about technology called GPT-3, which was developed by OpenAI. I recommend that you check out some of the news articles about it because it looks pretty fantastic. So what is it and what does it do? And crucially, what doesn't it do? GPT stands for Generative pre-trained transformer, no relation, and the three is because it's the third iteration. It's been trained on 570 gigabytes of text from the internet to provide answers to questions, or to write a poem, or even write code. Anything involving text. It has effectively learnt to understand text input and predict what a useful output will be to the user's command. It looks pretty revolutionary, at least for simple requests. The more complex the requests become, for instance, to write a thousand word essay rather than a ten word statement, the more the cracks start to show. Another weakness is the sheer volume of compute power required to run it. This is brute force AI, simply using trial and error backed up by enormous data sets and oodles of processing to attempt to fool the watcher that it understands, when actually all it's doing is predicting what will earn it a figurative If the user types in X and Y, this 570 gigabytes of data indicates that I should respond with Z. That's not to say it's uninteresting. It certainly is interesting, not least because it's unsupervised learning. There's no indication in the training of what's right and wrong. Just a large volume of data from which the AI learns. As mentioned, perhaps this is a step along the way to AGI. Or perhaps it's not, but picture a world in which GPT-4 or GPT-5 is unleashed on the world, able to carry out human-like conversations, or more accurately, to imitate human conversations. How long before it floods Twitter and the internet overall? Pretty soon every document is written by an AI. And eventually, perhaps, AI is the only thing reading them, constantly attempting to refine how human-like their text can be. Makes you think, doesn't it? <laughs> This week's final thought is an invitation. At Transformer Insights, we're running a webinar on the 2nd of November on a topic that's close to our heart. IoT connectivity and specifically our forecasts and the market opportunity there. We'll be talking about new narrowband, low-power, wide-area LPWA networks, 5G, private networks, and many more things. All topics that I've covered in previous episodes of this podcast. One thing I keep forgetting to do is ask all of you good people to kindly rate the podcast in wherever you download it. That helps tremendously with getting attention. I'm going to be taking a break from the podcast for a couple of weeks, but we'll be back on the 27th of October to give some views on that IoT growth that we're covering in the webinar. I hope you can join me. Links to some of the research that I've been referring to in this week's show, as well as the transcript of the recording, will be available on the podcast website at wirelessnoodle.com. Thank you for joining me. I've been Matt Hatton, and you've been listening to The Wireless Noodle. Thank you for listening to The Wireless Noodle. If you'd like to learn more about the research that I do on IoT, AI, and more, you can follow me on Twitter at Matty Hatton, and you can check out transformerinsights.com. That's transformer with an A.